0: struggle with period problems, fertility frustrations, or sexual health issues and find yourself wondering, is this normal? Am I the only one? Well, if so, you're in the right place. This is the Menstrual Mastery Podcast and I am your host, Brandi Oswald. As a certified fertility awareness instructor, women's healing arts coach, and the founder of Sauvage Wellness, I help women around the world have happy periods, use their cycles as natural birth control, get pregnant when they're ready, and create their dream lives by balancing their hormones and harnessing the power of their menstrual cycles. Join me each week for wholehearted conversations with everyday women about living with and overcoming period problems, fertility frustrations, and sexual health struggles by mastering their menstrual cycles and finally living in alignment with their bodies. Joining me today is naturopathic Dr. Nicole Carney, who is here to give us an inside look at the physician's view of the Symptothermal method of natural birth. Control. She will also be sharing all about what a naturopathic physician is, how they're different, from the conventional medicine doctors we're used to, and the most common side effects and symptoms she sees with women struggling when they're on hormonal birth control, and the symptoms that tend to clear up once they go oh natural. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Brandy, How are I'm you? Great.
1: Thanks so much for having me on today.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. For anyone who doesn't know, Nicole and I are friends and colleagues and she's been my doctor and we intermingle this relationship on so many levels and I love it so much and it tends to be the way that I engage with most of the (laughs) humans in my life. (laughs) I am a huge fan of Nicole's work and I often refer my clients to her for the things that are outside my realm of expertise like dosing for supplements and lab testings and things like that. And I want everyone to know before we go into today's today's show that Nicole is just the real deal. I love hanging out with her. I love everything she has to offer. And I really want to kick off our time today by having you, Nicole, share with everyone what the heck a naturopathic doctor is, how you're trained, and just what you do and what you offer
1: for folks. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Brandy, for that wonderful introduction. Yes, we've become pretty intertwined at this point. So um, great question. (laughs) We and I opened every, you know, new visit with a patient this way too, because we can be quite a confusing profession. Um, And so I always like to elaborate, but essentially naturopathic doctors are trained at four-year medical schools in the same basic foundations of science as an MD is. um, And then we get some additional training on alternative treatments. So herbal medicine, nutritional supplements, dietary changes, homeopathy, um, diet and lifestyle, uh, mental, emotional kind of stuff. Um, and our goal is always to just take a big holistic approach to each patient um, by taking into consideration that whole person, their stress levels, their sleep, their diet, their family history, um, all of their symptoms, so we can really get to the bottom of what's causing their health concerns. Um, and I think it's important to remember that like no two patients, one patient with depression and another patient with depression, they they're generally never treated the same way. So there's kind of a different treatment plan for everyone. Um, and we all practice really differently, which I tell everyone as well. Some some naturopathic doctors choose not to prescribe medications at all. Some kind of function more like herbalists. Um, and depending on what state they're in, that varies as well. Um, I try to walk a nice kind of middle ground between the conventional side of things and the naturopathic side of things, knowing that you know, we can lean on either side depending on the situation and where each patient's philosophy lies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. That's been one of my favorite things about knowing you and working with you. I... As you know, I've had those calls into you that are like, Nicole, <laughs> this yeast infection is fierce and I do not have time exactly. for herbal medicine right now. Like, we just need <laughs> it to go exactly. away.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's why I love being able to take from both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time and a place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a common misconception when people hear about naturopathic physicians or holistic medicine. They think, you know, I can't, I'm not going to get antibiotics or I'm not going to get, you know, diflucan or whatever, you know, the, the conventional medicine or pharmaceuticals are, and it's like you can get access to to that stuff too, and use it in combination or aside from herbal medicine. And really, um, if you find a naturopathic physician like yourself, you can kind of bring the yeah, two worlds exactly. together.
1: Totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious. I've known you for a little while, and this is even a question <laughs> that I've never asked you before. So I'm curious to learn what inspired you to follow this path and to become a naturopath as opposed to say a conventional medicine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It was a long time in the making, but I guess for one thing to start, my mom always leaned more towards natural medicine to treat our illnesses whenever possible. She was a massage therapist and was always surrounded by kind of a community of holistic practitioners. My grandmother was a reflexologist. So that's how we took care of like ear infections and things. Um, And she took us to see different holistic practitioners um, and then as an adult, I held a lot of jobs in the conventional medical world. So I worked on a cardiothoracic floor in a hospital. Um, I worked in nursing homes. I worked in a lab where we um, actually processed pap smears, but also collected biopsies. Um, mm. And then even in the kitchen at an inpatient um, nursing homes. So I, while at that point in my life, I wasn't directly involved in treating patients because I hadn't gone to med school yet. um, It always just kind of felt like something was missing or maybe we could do more to help people from getting to the point they were at. Um, And I was always amazed at how Mm -hmm. unimportant nutrition was like nutrition wasn't even coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, after working in the food service part of an inpatient uh, personal care home. I was just amazed that we weren't prioritizing nutrition for somebody who was elderly or recovering from surgery. Um, so I was, I, you know, I, I actually applied to school to be a physician's assistant before naturopathic school, and I would kind of get pulled back and forth. And I think when you're considering a profession and something more off the beaten path, you get a lot of eyebrow raises, like what the heck is a naturopathic doctor? Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually Mm -hmm. it was just a matter of like trusting my own gut and knowing what would make me happy um, the way I wanted to practice. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing from people who grew up in these holistic wellness settings from moms to grandmas and that kind of um, pass down knowledge or even just exposure. That's something that I definitely didn't have access to my, my fiance did with having a, mm-hmm. a mom who comes from Germany and she was throwing tinctures oh. and they're all lined up in the basement and all these, all this stuff. And I mean, I definitely was from the family of like, all right, let's <laughs> go get you antibiotics or let's take ibuprofen. And de- certainly we never viewed food as medicine. Food was something that kept us alive and kind of kept us happy and, you know, some Mm -hmm. outlet for joy or sadness or whatever, a, a way to serve our emotions. But we never ever step would take a step back to think about, okay, I'm not feeling well, or I'm sick. How can I look to food first or herbs or just the general nutrition to take care of my body so that it can feel better rather than taking a pill or a medication to serve the symptom. So I love how you say like just being amazed at how Mm -hmm. unimportant nutrition was, because truly, even in my own story, having worked with you and other naturopaths, it was ultimately nutrition and food that revolutionized the way my body felt and really ushering in healing. And you're right, it really does come back to fueling our bodies so they can yeah, and yeah for
1: sure. And sometimes you see patients taking a bunch of supplements, and you kind of have to be like, well, wait a minute, why we could get some of this from our diet, not always, but sometimes we could get a little bit more from yeah. our diet. Yeah. 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 And as you know, there are also
0: just folks like myself who, I mean, if if there is a human who's going to react negatively <laughs> to a true. supplement, it's me. <laughs> Right. And so and for some of us, like we can't just Mm -hmm. take a fistful of supplements and and try and get better because we take on the side effects of those supplements. So
1: for me, truly coming back to food is like the easiest, most gentle way. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a great point that um, there's a lot of side effects with different medications, but there can be side effects to herbs and supplements as well. So they both have, you know, pros and cons depending on the person. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that holistic
0: and multifaceted approach. So I know because of knowing you and a little bit about the work that you do, that you do tend to work with a lot of women who are in their twenties and thirties, maybe early forties who are currently on or have been on hormonal birth control. And as you know, that's a topic that we talk about all the time here Mm -hmm. at Sauvage Wellness. And in fact, a lot of these women I'm assuming end up at your office like I did when I was first meeting with naturopaths and even yourself included. And that's with a load of symptoms that conventional medicine has been treating as Mm -hmm. entirely disconnected, but may in fact all have a common root. And for some of us, that's our hormonal birth control. And many of us are prescribed hormonal birth control and told about temporary things like acne and swollen breasts and weight gain as symptoms. But for some of us, that's really just the tip of the iceberg. So I was curious what side effects and symptoms you tend to
1: see with women when they're on. Yeah. Great question. And, you know, I think a lot of us are familiar with the big side effects that we have to put on the, you know, the package from the pharmacy, the blood clots and strokes and et cetera. And I've actually Mm -hmm. seen some young, healthy patients experience these, which is more rare, but also scary. So I never want to miss those. Um, But I've also Mm -hmm. seen, yeah, I mean, even on birth control, irregular periods, skin issues, digestive issues, vitamin and mineral deficiencies, weight gain, low libido, (laughs) mood disruption. And, you know, I think out of all of those, just based on what I've seen, I think that mood... Um, and weight are probably two of the biggest mm. ones. Um, and you know, sometimes that correlation's super clear. Someone starts taking birth control, nothing else changes. Immediately things shift. Or women can say, "I started birth control. I gained ten pounds that month." Um, but other times, like when someone comes to mm-hmm. me and they've been on birth control for many years, um, because so many women are, it's not as clear. So then we never really know whether or not birth control is contributing until we've discontinued it. Um, And a lot of women ask me, like, do we think this could be due to my birth control? Do we think that, especially mood, especially when it comes to mood, do you think that this could be contributing to my anxiety or depression? And I can never say with 100% confidence, yes or no. um, Mm -hmm. We just have to discontinue, which can sometimes feel scary, especially because some women, a lot of women don't know about natural ways to, um, you know, prevent pregnancy. So um, while I want to be clear that I think that everyone who who hormonal birth control is the best option for, I, I want them to be able to have access to that. Um, that's their right. But I think that many women are put on birth control, not for contraception, but because of other complaints that they come in with, like irregular periods, painful periods, acne. Um, and many of these women are never given another way to get at the root of those problems and also never told about some of the potential side effects. So I feel really strongly that if a woman is going to start birth control, whether it's for contraception or um, they should always be informed of all of the possible side effects, because I can't tell you how many women I see who say, you know, why didn't anybody ever tell me this could affect my mood? Why didn't anyone ever tell me this, that, and the other? And yeah. 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 I resonate
0: with that so much. I think back to <laughs> our 19 year old Brandy, who was just trying to, you know, have safe sex and not get pregnant with her boyfriend and was put on hormonal birth control without being told, like there's thousands mm-hmm. of women who will immediately get a yeast infection once they go on this. And I didn't know that. And no one ever said that. And I, I went through, Oh my God probably eight months of yeast infections before I even did anything yeah. because I just thought there was something wrong with me, my body, my diet, or, you know, I was gross or I was icky. And then once I started going to doctors, they, because I didn't know birth control, hormonal birth control could cause mm-hmm. this. I never mentioned like, Oh, this started a month after I went on the pill. So I never mentioned that. And, and we were talked in circles and circles for years until I did enough research and said, Oh my God, I Think birth control causes and even then was met with some, some pushback, you know, because it's not one of right. those scary side effects listed on the package. And so I appreciate you kind of mentioning that if there are women out there who feel like they're struggling with an issue that seems unrelated to birth control, it's worth right. asking.
1: Could this and what be related? I tell women is we can always go back to it. You know, yeah. if, if you, we can discontinue it for a bit and go back to right. it, that provides the you know, for some women, a challenge of preventing pregnancy in another way, but um, it's the only way to really know and start uncovering some of those questions. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: totally, totally. And I like how you mentioned too, that those of us um, talking about natural birth control or talking about some of these side effects of hormonal birth control, which I (laughs) tend to refer to as the dark side of, of hormonal birth control, you know, we, like I often am seen as oh. the hormonal birth control hater, right? Like I'm the, the lady who hates the pill or hates mm-hmm. the IUD or whatever. And, and that's really not true, I think. And I will fight till the end of time for every woman to be able to choose the method that works best for her and fits best in her life. But what that means is that for women like myself and many others okay. who just cannot tolerate being on birth control, because as you said, it could affect so many things. We deserve to know that there's another option. And so just because we're out here talking about the other option
1: doesn't mean we don't think the hormonal right. options exactly. need to exist exactly. as well. Exactly. And that's an educational piece that c- yeah. could and should come in at a much younger age, I think. Um, so that women really are fully yeah. informed. Um and I have a lot of young girls, you know, 16, 17 who want this like really quick fix for acne or X, Y, Z, and their friend went on it. Um, and so I try to do my Mm -hmm. part by giving them like the full scope of all their options. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so coming back to these symptoms or side effects that some of us experience on hormonal birth control that just aren't, aren't so fun. I'm curious when women go off of hormonal birth control,
1: do these symptoms Yeah, another
0: great question.
1: Um, I think the quick answer is sometimes uh, depends on the symptom, depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Um, Some women will see immediate improvement after stopping birth control. And and I would say again, from my little um, group of patients that I've seen here that I think that mood is the most common symptom I see improve immediately. I, I see women coming off of birth control to get pregnant and they're like, Oh my gosh! I've always identified with being anxious, and um, I think that maybe maybe it was my birth control yeah. contributing. Um, and then sometimes we actually see some symptoms getting worse after discontinuing birth control, or new symptoms coming up just because the body is mm-hmm. trying to readjust. Um, and and I think one of the more common symptoms there would be acne because our our testosterone tends to go up. Um, So it's a really important time to Mm -hmm. listen to our cycles and what our bodies are telling us. Um, I tell women just like, hang in there. There's so much we can do naturopathically and, um, you know, there's so many options to help the body readjust. And we're also sort of unlocking some things that were probably underlying for a while. And sometimes it opens up the door to address health concerns or symptoms that feel totally unrelated to gyne, (laughs) to the gyne world. Um, that we're actually going to improve once we regulate our hormones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that you, that you mentioned that because really the answer is right. It is sometimes and sometimes the symptoms go away immediately and sometimes it takes longer. I know for me, like, just because I quit hormonal birth control didn't mean those monthly yeast infections Mm -hmm. went away. It probably took a year before I stopped having them. And, and I can kind of reiterate there too. One of the things I see in my practice as well with women who go off of hormonal birth control and start cycle tracking after a few months, they're like, Oh my God, I feel like myself again. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling like me. And that's kind of that, that mood piece or that libido piece. Some (laughs) people are like, Oh my God, my sex drive. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Totally. Um, Yeah. And like you said, it kind of when we're on hormonal birth control for so long, because we are relying on or using the synthetic hormones to flow through our body, we're not dealing with our own natural hormonal state. And sometimes when we go off of the Hormonal birth control, we're kind of thrown back into any issues that were underlying previously, or just the process of our
1: body trying to figure out how exactly. to make its own yeah. sex hormones and it's, again it's in a, a healthy huge way. song and dance of our brain talking to our ovaries and our thyroid, and um, our our ovaries sending messages back to the brain, and mm-hmm. um, so it can take a minute for all that to get back into sync with each other. But yeah, sometimes we're left with what was going on ten years ago before we started birth control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: now we're kind of mm-hmm. getting into what everyone knows is my favorite topic, which is when women do decide that it's right for them to go off of hormonal birth control in search of a more natural option. And there's no secret around here that I'm a huge supporter of fertility awareness methods, specifically the symptothermal method that I teach and personally use That was the, it was the answer for me and I've seen it be the answer for a lot of my clients though it may not be the answer for everyone it it did liberate me from those years of yeast infections and panic attacks mood symptoms and my own hormonal birth control nightmare stories if you will and so I would love to hear from you as
1: a physician what's your take? Yeah. I mean, women are always asking me, isn't there, isn't there any natural form of birth control? And there is, Um, and it's this, but we, like I said, we just don't really talk about this in (laughs) sex ed. So to be honest, a lot of women don't even know exactly how and on which days we get pregnant until they're actually trying to get pregnant. And then their mind is blown Mm -hmm. um, uh, that there's actually this small window. So For folks who have been searching for this alternative method and feel motivated to learn about it, it's an absolutely incredible option. And when we look at it scientifically, um, it totally makes sense because we can only get pregnant a couple days each month. So once women figure out their own rhythm, um, it becomes more like second nature. Um, And I also seeing them feeling a lot more empowered. Um, You know, I think it works well for women who either haven't responded well Mm. to birth control in the past or who have bounced around from one type to the other and just haven't loved it. Um, and I, of course, women trying to get pregnant, that's the other piece of this is I think that we think it's certainly used as birth control, but on the flip side, it can also be used as a, as a fertility practice. Um, women trying to reconnect to their cycles and find out when Mm. they ovulate or if they're ovulating at all. Um, and and I hear a lot of women say, I just want to know what my cycle is like without birth control. Um, and like we said previously, you know, I, I see a lot of women in their 20s and 30s and 40s. And I think that women start to come into this um, phase in their life where they just want to listen more to their body and and operate a little bit more intuitively. And I think that this is an incredible mm-hmm. tool um, for women to do just that, like feel really connected to their bodies and really empowered, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And you know, because of right now, I'm doing work with my Natural Birth Control Academy. I do talk a lot about the symptothermal method from the lens of birth control, but it's so true. I even in my own practice, I work with clients all the time who use the method to get pregnant. It it's so cool in that it can be, it's one tool that can be used so many ways. And it's even interesting for women mm-hmm. who are prepping their bodies to get pregnant because they don't want to get pregnant right now. Maybe they do in six months or in 12 months or 18 months, but they want to get off the birth hormonal birth control. They want to revive their natural hormone, but they still want to prevent pregnancy and using the symptothermal method methods really cool because they can learn their cycle, prevent pregnancy, and then you know, the month that they're ready to start trying mm-hmm. it, all they have to do is flip the method on its head. And yeah, they can exactly. Get and well, They can start who, trying to get pregnant, going
1: into trying to get pregnant really like to have this, yeah. um, you know, like loose timeline. So I get the question all the time as well, you know, like how long after I go off birth control, after I go off birth control, will it take my hormones to reset? And it's, or how long do I have to go off birth control before I start trying to get pregnant? And, you know, we all know stories about somebody who misses a birth control pill and gets pregnant. But um, I think that that's another one where there isn't this um, hard and fast rule, but I would generally say three to six months. And, and you're right, like in those three to six months, um, we can learn a lot about our cycle. We can identify hormone deficiencies. We can figure out if we're ovulating. Um, and, And then when we're ready to try, we're like dialed in. Yeah. 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 And it brings
0: a different level of connection to the process of achieving pregnancy. I've heard from women who have use the method to get pregnant. And they're like, it was incredible to feel the process and to already be that connected to my cycle and to my body and to bring this level of confidence of knowing I'm doing this correctly. Because the thing that blows my mind is we are taught in health class how not to get pregnant. And everybody through our whole life tells us how not to get (laughs) pregnant. But nobody sits us down and goes, so when you wanna get pregnant, Right. which is how you do it because right. it's not just
1: having exactly. sex exactly and, and then I you're think pregnant. what you mentioned about women feeling connected to their cycle and understanding what's going on um and feeling you know strong in our bodies that's really important um when we're trying to conceive and having a really positive um you know connection to that part of our body
0: Yeah yeah totally So I'm curious then, as we talk about the symptothermal method, both as natural birth control and as a pregnancy achievement tool, Mm -hmm. and also like as a really powerful resource for spotting potential hormonal imbalances so we can work with them. I'm curious if you (laughs) have experience working with anyone aside from myself who uses the method and kind of what you've seen in those women versus maybe other women who aren't using the method are on hormonal birth control. So not in patients who use the
1: symptothermal method. Um especially since we mentioned earlier some of our clients and patients overlap, which is which has been really cool. Um, because there's a vast difference. Like I Mm -hmm. patients who are not using um that method of birth control, you know, might come in for months at a time and say like, I keep getting this migraine, I'm getting this migraine, I'm getting these migraines. And um, we never realize that there's this like very specific connection to their cycle. But then, especially when I'm working with people who have worked with you, they come in with all their charts and a folder and all their paperwork. um, And we're able, and they're able to say like, I get a migraine on this day and I'm able to see what their temperature was. And, what day of their cycle this was on Um, and I'm able to really quickly zero in and be like, Hey, this could be, you know, linked to progesterone, even if it has nothing to do with, um, you know, heavy bleeding or spotting, Um, even if it's like migraines, indigestion, like something somewhat unrelated to the cycle. And then obviously the things that are more related to the cycle, like spotting or cramping. Um, So it's great. I think that women who use, the symptothermal method of natural birth control, they get really good at listening to their bodies. um, And that's just so important to our overall health. And it's something that I think, especially in our, in our busy society, um, we kind of can lose sight of at times Um, and tracking their cycles and tracking symptoms through the month. It really just heightens that awareness that our bodies are kind of always talking to us and we have to, take that time to listen and, and really, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, tune in. And I, I find that these women feel really empowered and engaged in their overall health and they, they play a little bit more of a, um, an active role in their health. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I love that. First of all, I'm so proud of my clients coming into you with all of their charts, because honestly the, like one thing I'm, always talking about with clients or anyone who's interested in using cycle tracking is that there's this benefit that we often don't anticipate of being Mm -hmm. able to better advocate in our healthcare setting. So in our doctor's appointments with our physician, we're able to go in and rather than saying, like you said, I'm like having these migraines that come super randomly and they're intense and I don't know what's causing them. (laughs) you know, a lot of people can walk in and instead say, I'm having these migraines. They're not random. They're happening on between days, you know, this day and that day and of every cycle for the last few cycles. And, and they're able to get kind of right down to business. And rather than trying lots of different options or exploring different relief that may or may not work, they're able to like zone in on solutions a little bit quicker. And also if a physician maybe isn't on the same page as them with what an issue might be. If if a client with cycle tracking says, you know, I'm seeing it in my chart and I'm certain, it allows them to advocate and, and to find a physician who's willing to say, no, I, I like where your chart's saying, let's take that route first and really be able to um, be an active player in their yeah.
1: wellness business, yeah, which I'm sure. And And what's kind of, of hilarious and a small secret about my practice is that when I first started practicing or when I was back in med school, I thought I was not that interested in hormonal stuff, which it's always funny um, how the universe like um, directs (laughs) you and, and hilariously. um, So what I've learned over the years of practicing is that, I don't want to say everything, but so much is related to women's cycles. So like, it's almost impossible to talk about mood, um, and not talk about what points of the cycle it's worse. And, um, you know, weight loss, weight gain, um, so many things. So, um, it's hilarious that I was like, oh, maybe I just won't do a lot with hormones. And it's like, well, if you're going to treat women, yeah. you're going to do a lot with hormones. So, Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I've actually never shared this either, but when I first started this business and it was previously under a different name, I was like, I want to teach cycle tracking. It transformed my life. I'm obsessed with it. And I remember meeting with my business coach and going, you know, I don't want the liability of having to teach the method as birth control. So I just want to teach that it exists and that you can use it to get pregnant or, just, or connect to your cycle, but I'm not teaching yes. birth control. And that was yes. like 18 months ago. And now I'm like, all right birth control (laughs) because truthfully like women kind of weren't ready or I guess to learn cycle tracking because it meant they had to go off of their birth control to feel their natural cycle and then they were like "Well, what are my options now (laughs) it's like yeah yeah so this talk about the like our menstrual cycles as the fifth vital sign, if you will. That that book is out now; it's very popular, and people started to coin this term as like for those of us with uteruses, ovaries, with that reproductive system, the cycle is really a vital sign for our health and for our bodies. And so this brings me to a question that I know is a heated topic. So I'm just kind of curious on your take, and I don't think anything needs to be right or needs to be wrong, but it's just fun to survey the audience and see what people are feeling here, especially those in the medical world. But I'm curious, your take on- Yeah, and that's a loaded one that I get asked all the time
1: as well. Um, So to start, if somebody is not on- any hormonal birth control at all, and is not getting their period, then we we have a little bit of a problem, or we have a little bit more digging to do because this usually means they're not ovulating, um, and it can be the cause of a deeper deeper hormonal issue. Like it kind of leads us to believe that there's a bit of an imbalance. Um, and then and then I guess I'll speak a little bit about the hormones themselves before i dig into the rest of this that you know estrogen builds the lining of our uterus it's it, we think of estrogen as kind of something that builds and plumps things up and if we and and progesterone kind of counters that effect a bit so if we're building and building and building with estrogen um we can and, and we're not bleeding, and we're not shedding every month, we can end up with what's called endometrial hyperplasia. Um, mm-hmm. And that could then lead to um, breakthrough bleeding or heavier cramping because if we've, if we've got estrogen on board, we have to shed that lining regularly. So I worry most of the hormonal birth controls mm-hmm. with progesterone only, like progesterone only birth control pills um, or the Marina IUD or the other um, progesterone IUDs, women won't get a period on them. Um, and we're kind of, you know, because progesterone's staying high, which is almost what's happening, what, which is what's happening in pregnancy. Um, so it's not worrisome in terms of the lining of the mm-hmm. endometrium. Um, but yeah, we're not getting that cycle. And as you mentioned, even though we can, even though that's safe, we're missing that vital sign. Um, and in terms of tracking things, and and we talked a lot today about like trying to find a pattern in people's symptoms, it's a lot trickier. Um, some women will, will spot with those birth controls and some people will say they feel like they have a cycle, um, but it's just not as clear. Um, but the research supports that that's okay. If, if a birth control contains estrogen, um, I really want women to bleed monthly. Um, and I really do not recommend taking the birth control pill continuously. Sometimes women will skip the placebo pill um, so that they can skip a period. Um, And even though the research um, will, doesn't report necessarily anything serious coming of that. And even though I've heard OBGYN say, you know, this is totally fine, you can skip your placebo pill. um, I just really often see it leading to more hormonal imbalance down the road. Heavy periods, painful periods, um, mood stuff. Um, and then, of course, when we come off that birth control, I see those women who've been skipping placebo weeks and not getting a period having a, a, a bit harder of a time in that readjustment time that we talked about. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I and I really appreciate your... Your answer too, because it's, it isn't cut and dry, right? It depends on when we say, do we need to have our period? It's subjective. Like what, what feels necessary to you for, for someone like myself, mm-hmm. I feel strongly that I want access to that fifth vital sign. And so that feels necessary to me, but for others to maybe that's not something they're necessarily taking into account as in their wellness. It's not something that has a huge focus and they feel more comfortable being on their IUD or what have you, then the necessity isn't as high or strong, if you will, but that the, the basis of this argument, kind of what you're saying is that when estrogen is introduced, whether we're making it naturally mm-hmm. or it's being introduced synthetically, it is growing the lining of our uterus, which you know needs to be shed out at some point. So if we're not bleeding, we're not letting go of that lining, it's not being it's simply not being released. And so that's what that is the major benefit of having your monthly period bleeds or your monthly pill bleeds, the withdrawal bleeds, which we'll get to in a second, is that it releases that growth exactly. that's happened yeah. rather than letting it yeah. kind of and on stay and some women stagnant
1: inside. Will decline. You know, some women really feel strongly about wanting to have a period every month and feeling like that is a part of the, their health. And even women who are trying to choose a hormonal birth control option, a lot of them will say, I won't take something that um, keeps me from having a period every month. And on a really spiritual level, I think it's also important to remember that um, our period is a time that, you know, every month mm-hmm. um we pause and check in with ourselves. I mean, sometimes we certainly lose sight of that. We don't always, you know, I definitely don't address every single period every month as this really spiritual time, but that's really, you know, I really appreciate when women and doctors and, and spiritual leaders and things like that talk about um, how sacred of a time it is to check in mentally and emotionally and how we've been honoring ourselves that month. And um Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And a lot of the work I do in my wild woman coaching is around that is like, how do we embrace our cycle as a form of self-care and wellness and like spirituality and sensuality. And some of that means we have to use that week where we're shedding and letting go to like shed and let go of other stuff too, whether it's spiritually and energetically, mentally, like our work capacity, whatever it is, like sometimes we got to let it go a little bit. And it's a reminder to do that. Um, One thing I wanted to mention Mm -hmm. that I I feel like I'm like a stickler for this one is we talked a little bit about progesterone only forms of birth control, like the Mirena and other IUDs or the progesterone only birth control pill. And it is important. I like to emphasize, and I know you know this and talk about this too, is that when we talk about progesterone only forms of birth control, we're actually talking about synthetic progestins, right? So they're not the same progesterone that our bodies make, which also means they come with different side effects where our natural progesterone is really calming, relaxing. it really nourishes that later phase of our cycle, but synthetic progesterone progestins don't necessarily have that same impact too. So we, by not having the natural flow of our cycle, we kind of get robbed of the soothing impact of natural progesterone as well, which is, just something I tend to talk about for people who are like experiencing those gnarly mood symptoms or crazy PMS stuff when they're on hormonal birth control. Yeah, maybe yeah, getting their own
1: natural progesterone point. going. It's could not the same. And our, progest- our natural progesterone is a really beautiful hormone that when we're making it in adequate amounts, it should help chill us out um, and help us sleep. Um, and yeah, when we're lacking that or when we have a lot of the synthetic stuff, we're not exactly getting all of the. The benefits, and we see um so often women uh being kind of like progesterone deficient, and we're always trying to kind of help support that that phase, so it's really important mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I know that has been my struggle too, and it's so interesting because a lot of us think of progesterone struggles as like something. With our body or with our genetics or with our lifestyle. But the truth is also, like, we live in a world full of environmental toxins, many of which are xenoestrogens, you know, which are, are just combating and constantly suppressing our natural progesterone. Um, from really having its full impact. So I also like to mention, like, sometimes it's not our fault. Yeah. It's literally yeah, just that's the world we live in now. And we, we need more
1: support. Probably we have like five have. podcast episodes just on xenoestrogens. But a lot of women don't know that. Um, and and so know. you're right, there can be this kind of like, why do I have to work so hard? To Why are we working so hard to get the progesterone up? Um, and it's true, we're just kind of like, swimming in in xenoestrogen so we I have to then it's it becomes a whole lifestyle um kind of overhaul that we do with the things that are in our home and the way that we're using plastics and makeup and things mm-hmm. like that yeah
0: yeah yeah for sure so it's funny we're coming to our last question <laughs> and I know I'm I'm kind of hitting Nicole with a big one here, but it's it's funny because I get, I talk about this topic all the time and I'm consistently (laughs) and forever met with pushback. And so I'm asking this question, not because I don't know the answer to it, but because I think that it would be great for other women to hear a doctor, a trained physician, talk about this topic, because I know that in the conventional medicine world, (laughs) there is some Right. I want to call it propaganda, to be honest, but we'll we'll call it confusion. <laughs> there is a there's kind of a strategic choice of wording around what's going on when we're bleeding on the birth control pill or the IUD. And so um, and the IUD is a little different because some women can hypothetically ovulate on it. But really, when we're talking about the pill, something I talk about all the time is the fact that the monthly bleed that happens on the pill after or during that sugar pill week is not a real mm-hmm. period. So I'm curious to have a doctor talking live with our crew here. What's your take? Is yeah. the monthly bleeding no, that it's happens not. And on you the know, birth? It's interesting because I've real called this a period, period too.
1: Like when I talk to women, I'm like, and then you'll take all your pills and you'll take the placebo week and you'll get a period but I guess what we should say is you will bleed Um, but technically to have a real period um, we need to ovulate first so generally Mm -hmm. we ovulate around day 14 Um, our estrogen and progesterone come up to prepare and get ready for a potential pregnancy um, until our body gets that signal that a pregnancy hasn't happened then our hormones drop down. And that's what triggers us to bleed and our endometrial lining to shed and us to kind of like start all over again and start getting ready for the next try. Um, because even if we don't want to get pregnant, our body is preparing for pregnancy every month. Um, so when we're taking classic birth control pills, we're generally we're not <laughs> ovulating. That's how they work. That's why we don't get mm-hmm. pregnant. So we're not really getting a real period. We're getting a withdrawal period. Um, all the body knows is you know that what the what the pill does is the pill mimics that rise and fall of our hormones um and so all it does in the second half of our so like it's you know it mimics that rise in hormones and all mm. that our body knows is that the hormones have dropped it's time to bleed um but it's not really a period in the true definition of a period <laughs> mm. <laughs> right
0: yeah all right, everyone, you heard it first. Okay. <laughs> for all the, all the snarky Uh-oh. inbox messages on Instagram, no. I'm sending you to this podcast now. <laughs> so no, 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 no. it's either. fine. It's honestly like, and truly when I was on hormonal birth control, I had no idea. No one, <laughs> no one talks about this. And we, we, you know, any bleed that comes out of our vagina, we call it a period or we call it spotting. So there was no other term for it. And once I started This line of work that I'm in when I was going through my fertility awareness teacher training, we were taught to call the bleed that happens on hormonal birth control to call it either a pill bleed if they're on the pill or we call it a withdrawal bleed, like you said, because it's not necessarily a true period in the full biological sense of what happens in order for you to get a period. So kind of talking about it, shifting the rhetoric a little bit so that women know, You are bleeding, which is good. It's shedding that extra lining that was built up if you're adding in synthetic progesterone. But at the end of the day, the process behind why you're bleeding is not the same. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that. I love love having you here. (laughs) I'm sure as people listening may gather, I could talk to Nicole about this stuff forever. And so it's been so, so great to have you here. I'm so happy to be able to offer this naturopathic physician perspective to the Menstrual Mastery audience. And truly, it's been such an immense pleasure having you on the show
1: today. And I wanted
0: give you a second before we sign off to just share yeah, with everyone where can so they much learn more about I really you appreciate and incredible it. We could talk forever naturopathic and, and work and Brandi that And Brandy always doing. asks
1: the very provoking <laughs> thought-provoking questions that I often have to research and then get back to her on. Um, but yes, if anyone wants to learn more or schedule <laughs> an appointment, you can visit my website. Um, which Brandy helped design, (laughs) (laughs) which is drnicolecarney.com. It's D-R-N-I-C-O-L-E-K-E-A-R-N-E-Y.com. Or follow me on Instagram um, at drnicolecarney. It's spelled the same way as the website. Um, And I try to post, um, you know, interesting information about overall health and and hormonal things as well. Um, So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. And I'm going to share Nicole's website and Instagram on the blog post that will go alongside the <laughs> podcast episodes. You can always grab yes. it there as well. And yeah, if you notice any, uh, any issues on her website, not working, you can message me directly. <laughs> little, little side hustle that I do is some business and web design consulting, which, you know, I don't know, maybe people are excited to hear that they're local. She does it all. <laughs> fertility awareness instructor and vagina <laughs> yes. teacher is also the web design lady who knows we all wear many we wear many hats <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for for joining us nicole it has been such a pleasure and um, i know we've talked about some other topics in the future so i'm excited to have you back on to share you guys, more of your wisdom you so, and knowledge. so i know this isn't goodbye it's is just see you later I am so grateful that nicole joined us today many women don't realize that we have more health options and avenues than we may think and naturopathic medicine is an incredible avenue for lifelong wellness working with naturopaths has truly transformed my own personal health and well-being and you've heard it here first straight from a doctor what some of those lesser known side effects and impacts of hormonal birth control are. You've also heard why the symptothermal method of natural birth control works and who it works best for. If you've resonated with anything that we talked about in today's episode and find yourself struggling with hormonal birth control that just doesn't feel right or doesn't allow you to feel good in your body, and you're finding yourself curious about exploring more natural options, then I hope you'll check out my Natural Birth Control Academy. It's a three month group course for women who want to learn more about transitioning off of hormonal birth control, getting started with tracking their cycle, and who want to learn how to use this exact method of natural birth control that Nicole and I were discussing so much today. By the end of the Natural Birth Control Academy, you will have everything you need in order to use the Symptothermal method of natural birth control all on your own. Early registration for our fall course is open now until October 15th at a $200 discount. Pretty exciting. To get all the details on the Natural Birth Control Academy and enroll today, you can head to the link at the bottom of this page. And to receive brand new episodes of the Menstrual Mastery podcast straight to your inbox, you can subscribe to the podcast at SauvageWellness.com slash subscribe. It has been such a pleasure to be here with you for another episode of Menstrual Mastery. Again, I am your host, Brandi Oswald, and I will see you next week.